You're exploring a vast land filled with mysterious magic and great evil via short-range teleports. As you blink your way to the ancient shrine, a wall of bandits block your path. They rush you, and you teleport through them, leaving them in the dust. You shake your head. This is too easy. I've beaten every encounter this way. Who even designed this game? Did they test it with my locomotion option? Not everyone can play with smooth locomotion. It makes me feel sick. Today, we talk walking. How walk? How walk in VR? <laughs> How not to get sick? All right, let's, let's yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Head Mounted Destinations, a podcast about VR and VR game development. We provide our perspective as developers and give you, the listener, a sneak peek behind the curtain for anyone interested in how these games are made. I'm Carlos, your friendly neighborhood game designer, and with me today, as always, is... Matt, and I'm a gameplay programmer. Now, today we're talking about artificial locomotion. This is important because a lot of the time you want the player to be able to move through a virtual space that's larger than their actual space. For example, exploring massive magical ruins or jumping through a colorful rainforest. But this comes up against a fundamental limitation of VR, which is if your eye sees motion, especially acceleration, and your inner ear doesn't feel corresponding movement, then you'll get motion sick. We call this simulator sickness or VR sickness. And until people get their quote-unquote VR legs, this is extremely unpleasant. So how do we resolve this conundrum? We want people to be able to move through virtual spaces that are larger than their physical space, but we don't want to trigger motion sickness. The answer is teleportation. We blink the player's camera to a new location without any actual motion and the user perceives that they've moved to a new location in the virtual space despite not moving physically. Yeah and so teleportation is a good option for people who are prone to being motion sick but the other side of the coin is the hardcore audience within the VR space and those people tend to bring over some more conventional expectations from non-VR games and one of those is smooth locomotion or just being able to kind of flow through the environment around them and not having that as an option can really hurt your game not having it front and center or like easily presented as an option can really hurt your game. For example, Medal of Honor Above and Beyond was the recent Oculus uh, Respawn VR title. They were getting some bad review scores because people perceived that there was no smooth locomotion option. And these reviews were coming from like the hardcore gamers, the vocal hardcore gamers, just saying like, ah, oh, I don't want to teleport everywhere. Like, why are you putting the baby gloves on me? And this, that, and the third. So just keep in mind that like people will some people need a locomotion option in order to actually like comfortably play your game while others want their preferred locomotion option because that tends to be the one they can almost think less about and allow themselves to get more immersed in the game right People who'd have their VR legs uh, or aren't susceptible to motion sickness to begin with tend to underestimate the need for a teleport option. Um, I mean, especially devs, because VR de developers tend to have iron stomachs. Because, you know, if you're easily made motion sick by VR, then you'd be less likely to become a developer in the first place. But 
The fact of the matter is that there are lots of people who are susceptible to motion sickness initially or may never even get their VR legs. We don't really know what the breakdown is because there haven't been any long-term longitudinal studies of quote-unquote VR legs as a phenomenon, at least as far as I'm aware. Uh, A frequently quoted figure is that 20% of people will never experience motion sickness, 60% of people experience it initially but are able to get their VR legs, and 20% of people will never get their VR legs. This is actually an anecdotal figure given offhand by Michael Abrash, but everyone just sort of repeats it everywhere. The fact of the matter is we know from studies that between 5 and 20% of people don't experience nausea. We don't know how many people will never get their VR legs. So that is to say, at the current state of VR and the VR audience, it's important to provide both smooth locomotion and teleport locomotion as options because some people find one more immersive than the other. Yeah, and I would say people can be immersed with teleportation or like it's really about their preferred movement style, right? Like as long as they understand how to move about the world and are comfortable moving about the world, that removes a layer of friction that would prevent them from immersing themselves in the in the game. So special note on locomotion in general is that some games can't have teleport. Some games are sort of forced to be smooth locomotion or some sort of special locomotion, such as uh, Lone Echo or free diver both of those are kind of zero g style motions uh you're pushing yourself through the environment or doing kind of like a swimming motion in free divers uh case so going around the environment is smooth but you have the tactile like point to point climbing that i think makes that more comfortable obviously it's less comfortable when you like push yourself off of something and sail across but these are games that the locomotion method is kind of like the the core. It can't be shared between teleport and other styles. Um, another thing that I wanted to mention is uh, room scale. Um, we may have mentioned this a little earlier, but room scale is a way of working around not wanting to move the player artificially around the space. So room scale meaning you draw a, a whatever size play area, it, however big your room is, or however much free space you got, you act, you draw a space that's larger than just a circle around you for standing, and then you can like walk around the space, and that's how you get around the world. And so some games that like really capitalize on this are T for God and Unseen Diplomacy. Unseen Diplomacy is like this spy game and it uses your whole play space as the like volcano evil scientist base that you're infiltrating. And so let's say I got like a four meter by four meter like play space or a two meter by two meter, something like that. It makes me basically like crouch, like sidle along walls, turn corners, go up and down elevators to like navigate this like linear compound evil lair thing but i'm just within like my own bedroom like walking circles and like crawling circles you know what have you uh so that's room scale another type of games that can't support both teleportation and smooth locomotion are games that have fixed teleportation points an example of this is arctica one which has these firefight combat scenarios where the design hinges around being able to pop between fixed points in order to flank enemies and and go up and down vertically. 
or Trover, where you can only teleport between fixed points and progression through the level is gated by these points being unlocked either by combat tests or puzzle solving. Having these fixed teleport points allows a specific design intent, but it also kind of feels arbitrary because the game is very much limiting where you can go, and and this can reduce player agency. Another type of fixed teleportation that we see that isn't compatible with smooth locomotion is zone teleportation, which is most commonly seen in Alchemy Lab games like Job Simulator, Vacation Simulator, uh, Rick and Morty VR. And in these, you have a set of zones uh, that you can move between that are scaled dynamically to fit exactly the size of your play space, whatever it's set to be whether it's one meter by one meter or two meter by two meter, for example. Um, And the the content dynamically scales. So, for example, in Job Simulator, I think they have three different levels. They have like small, medium, large. And so the game world is different depending on the physical size of your play space. Now, this is great because it means that as long as you respect the visuals you're seeing in game, you you can move around freely. You don't have to worry about bumping into stuff outside of your play space. And it also is ergonomically beneficial because you're moving around physically, which is less tiring than standing still, surprisingly. However, from a developer side of things, this is fairly expensive and fairly limiting. You know, designing your game to fit within fixed zones and to scale dynamically. So outside of these special cases, the zero G, the room scale, or the zone teleportation or fixed point teleportation, most games have relatively large open spaces with gravity where you're navigating around on a relatively flat ground plane. And in these games, free teleport locomotion and smooth locomotion are equally good options for allowing the player to move through the space. And given that some players prefer one and some players prefer the other, it behooves us developers to provide both options, which means that we need to understand the specific benefits and limitations of the two options and figure out how to design gameplay that works with both. So we're going to quickly cover the benefits, downsides, and considerations that come with teleport locomotion and smooth locomotion, and then we'll discuss how that they impact design. Okay, so let's start talking about free teleportation. This means you can go anywhere as long as it's within the gameplay level. So like if there's no debris like blocking your path moving forward or you know some sort of invisible wall, like you should be able to just teleport like point yourself where you want to go and teleport within a range. Free teleport can be disorienting because nothing is stopping the player from teleporting directly in front of a wall and suddenly there's this big flat plane in front of them and they don't really know where they are or they can sort of teleport without really paying attention to where they're going in the space and now suddenly they don't know where they are in the space and they need to look around and get their bearings. There's a bunch of things that we can do in order to prevent this disorientation. For example, we can add footstep sounds to indicate that you're traveling somewhere. We can create a particle trail behind the player. And so once they teleport, they can look and they see the particle trail back to where they started. And they're like, oh, I just came from there. Now I'm here. There's also a solution that we've seen a lot, which is quote unquote dash teleportation, which is where you, instead of blacking out the screen, moving the camera and fading the screen back in, you move the camera very quickly, 
less than 100 milliseconds of motion, and you do it at a fixed velocity to the new location. This, of course, can trigger motion sickness, but it's less triggering than smooth locomotion where you're you're moving slowly to the new point as long as you keep that time capped very small because it it fits within some perceptual range where the brain doesn't really get motion sick when the motion is that short but that is not an option if we're purely considering teleport from a accessibility or comfort standpoint because some people can't handle any artificial movement at all yeah and the the teleportation option can be especially disorienting if you allow rotation along with the teleportation like when i was playing robo recall i had a couple moments where i was maybe like a little bit turned around because i had like pushed my thumbstick in a direction aimed my controller where i wanted to teleport and then uh, my thumb maybe like slipped a little in one direction or the other. So I ended up blinking to that location and being at a different facing than I was expecting to be, which when you're in the heat of the moment and you're just like, you know, pointing your controller in whatever direction as you're fighting off hordes of ravenous robots, that can very easily happen and create a huge friction moment in the middle of combat. So there's another big issue with teleportation in general, and I actually have an idea idea about how to how to fix it so i want to hear your, your thoughts on this carlos because i don't think mm-hmm. we've talked about this before but so a big issue that we see with free teleport that i guess we also see with smooth locomotion you tend to stop moving physically in your space right you stand still and you use your artificial locomotion method to move even mm-hmm. if you could physically move in your space in order to like approach an object that's nearby This is especially compounded when you're talking about teleport because it's harder to make small adjustments. When you're using smooth locomotion, you can just move a little bit forwards or to the left or whatever. But with teleport, if I teleport towards, say, like a desk and I want to open the drawer and I teleport and I'm a little bit too far away from the desk from where I'm standing right now to open the drawer, people tend to not realize that they can just step forward in their physical space if it's an option to open the drawer because you're just not tracking where you are in in your space. And you you stop thinking about moving with your actual feet around your space. Uh, Yes, I have run into that a lot. Absolutely. I have experienced that. And from what I can remember, it was like, when I hit that moment of like teleporting in front of the drawer and needing to step a foot and a half forward in order to open it, immediately I get into that like key and peel, like full on sweat of of just worry <laughs> because I'm not sure if I'm about to reach into my real wall because I have been playing for however long. I totally lost where I am relative to my all the walls in my room. Right, and you just start ignoring the chaperone after like five minutes anyways, so. Right. that You don't even see that. And if anything, moments like that just like kind of take me out of the game because I then think like, oh, let me approach this very slowly, like so I don't accidentally punch anything. And then if my guardian turns on, it's like, oh, well, I was already too close to this thing as it is so it may even force me to like take a couple steps back in my play space and then teleport closer to the drawer exactly and that's just a terrible feeling not only is it taking you out of the game but you're not getting to experience one of the awesome aspects of vr which is that you can like physically move around like if i take a step forward i'm taking a step forward in the virtual space too 
So here's my proposal for mm-hmm. a, a teleport method that would fix this. I don't have a great name for it. I'm tentatively referring to it as edge alignment, I guess. Mm-hmm. But so the idea is that in a lot of cases in games, you, you know, move your stick forward or whatever, and you see the arc and you see the point where you're teleporting to is like a circle or maybe the edge of the space. So you see the outline of your your space where it's going to go. But in this, it would be a lot looser. You're like, oh, I just want to go in that direction. And it jumps you forward some amount. And if you are, say, close to a table and you teleport towards the table, what it will do is line up the edge of your space in front of you with the table. And so if you're going to interact with the drawer, you want to open the drawer, you know that your space has been aligned such that you can step forward and open the drawer without worrying about running into the edge of your space because it wouldn't position it so that the drawer is just outside the edge of, edge of your space. Or if you're, you want to go pick up an object and you teleport towards the object on the ground, it will position you such that the object is roughly near the center of your space. And so you can just go and, and pick it up. So like it will dynamically adjust your space such that things that you would want to interact with lie within a reasonable margin, either in the middle or along the edge of your space. I think that sounds like a really good way to tackle that problem. Like visually, I'm like picturing everything you said in my in my head and it's like, it's how I would want it to be approached, like as a player, especially if there was also like some sort of marker either on the floor or like a hologram representation of my body, like wh- whenever I do get to the edge space. So it shows me like, oh, okay, this is where my wall is going to be. And where am I currently standing in my play space? Like that's where it's going to teleport me to when I move there. I think that sounds like a really good system, honestly. It would probably have a different visual representation if it's going to snap your space to stuff. It would be like, you know, you point towards like a set of cabinets and it shows like, oh, it's going to snap to these cabinets. And so you can interact with them without fear. Yeah, that would be really cool. So that wraps up teleport locomotion. Let's quickly cover smooth locomotion. Smooth locomotion, like we talked about earlier, is like, you know, sliding around the environment and all that jazz. This can easily disorient the player if we send them rolling around at the speed of sound in a vr headset they're going to vomit regardless of how high their uh vr tolerance is and uh, we need to provide comfort options in order to help those who want to do smooth locomotion but have not fully developed the vr legs to go along with it we can do things like horse blinders and other techniques similar that mess with the field of view I've also seen showing either dots or like a a grid that is fixed to like their physical space and like fading it in. I know uh, Climby does this and I think Rec Room has an option for this. So it has the same effect as being in like the cockpit of a ship or whatever and, and seeing out a window, but you still have fixed one to one physical space or outside of that. Oh, that's very cool. So the way we engage in smooth locomotion is via joystick input by like pressing forward on the joystick and you move in a direction or arm swing, which tracks the player swinging their arms in a walking or half jog motion. Let's talk about joystick for a second. 
when we do input on the joystick as players, we get the choice to have our controller, like the hand we're actually pushing the thumbstick on, be the leader of our direction or have our head facing be the leader of our direction. And when I say all these things, it sounds very like artificial, like, oh, why, why am I in VR and like pressing a joystick to move around the world? And the answer to that is there's already been established logic and training built in to the player base of non-VR games over decades. So going back to that comment I made earlier in the episode, these more hardcore players or these players who are familiar with how non-VR game hardware and input systems work, they may lean more towards the joystick locomotion. As for me personally, I like to use arm swing when I can, but I'm definitely a smooth locomotion guy. I use joystick and hand direction because this allows me to move around and strafe with my free hand while having my primary hand for like weapons or whatever else I need. As much as I'm of the opinion of, you know, smooth locomotion is kind of a crutch and we should try to design games that don't require smooth locomotion to begin with. You know, at the end of the day, getting a good player experience is what matters. And some people are totally into smooth locomotion and it's not weird to them at all. And it definitely allows for certain experiences that you can't get a different way. I guess Stride is a good example. Stride is a parkour game. It uses arm swing, although like a lot of games that use arm swing, it also has you push forward on the thumbstick and do the act of swinging your hands because it's just very difficult to accurately capture player intent if you're just using arm swing, uh, just from Mm -hmm. a technical standpoint. But like, so Stride, you know, you're running and you're jumping and you're doing parkour and with this smooth locomotion with arm swing input and like, that's not something you can really do any other way. Right. And if you were just using the joystick, it would definitely take something out of the scenario. Right. It would lose that like kinetic feel. Yeah, exactly. Um, and since we're talking about stride, yeah, it's worth mentioning when you press the thumbstick forward, you are doing something akin to a jog, I guess. But everything in that game is like press an input and then add like motion or some sort of gesture to it to mimic the parkour experience, which is like a cool way to integrate these different input styles to locomotion. A downside to that is that it takes a lot of energy to be swinging your arms and and doing all this stuff in order to input and I could tire the player out a lot faster. Yeah, so if you're hoping to make a game where players will be able to like sit in it for a while, or rather you want them to adventure or do whatever it is for a long period of time, you got to be very mindful of your input systems and what you're asking the player's body to do like on a moment-to-moment basis. Uh, For instance, in Gorn, their movement system is kind of like you're just grabbing and dragging the world to get around. And on top of that, all the combat is very like melee centric. So you're (laughs) ripping and tearing like different gladiators apart and you end up working up a, a heavy sweat after just like 10 or 15 minutes of play. Yeah, Gorn is an interesting input system because unlike, you know, joystick input where push forward on a joystick and you move forward and it's all sort of arbitrary and and very abstract, 
In Gorn, it almost beats the motion sickness because you grab and then you move your hand back and your camera moves forward a corresponding amount. And so, yeah, you can trick your brain into like, oh, I'm dragging the world. And because of that, it's almost like you're standing still and you're moving the world around you. And for some reason, that mental switch of like, oh, it's the world moving and not me moving. I guess it's the same thing that happens in Pistol Whip, where you're moving at a constant velocity forwards and it you don't have that acceleration. Something about that lessens the motion sickness, which I think is interesting. And we haven't seen as many games play with that as I would like. <laughs> yeah, but you know, there's still time and there's plenty of devs out there trying to get their VR games on SideQuest and wherever else. So we we might see that soon. Also, that idea of like dragging the world around you totally reminds me of this episode of Futurama where the professor made like a warp speed engine that moved the the universe <laughs> instead of moving the ship. Yeah. But something I uh, wanted to touch on with the arm swing locomotion is that we can right now only track the arm swing and it may feel weird because your legs are stiff, but we are not at a point especially with like hardware adoption, like we're not at a point where people are just willing to strap ankle trackers onto themselves. The enthusiasts are, I see plenty of people on YouTube, like doing VR chat videos where they have a bunch of trackers all over themselves. But last I checked, like these additional trackers cost like 70 bucks a piece. So nobody is trying to drop even more money. So that being said, that's why we're making do with what we have and trying to make it feel as natural as possible. Oh, now that you mention that, so I'm very much of the opinion that like arm swing does not feel natural at all because in the real world, I don't walk by swinging my arms. I walk by moving my legs. And those are like two totally different things. And it's mm -hmm. sort of back. It's like putting the cart before the horse almost of like, oh, well, you swing your arms to move. That being said, I have seen demos where they use head bob or head sway to capture motion intent. The idea being you either walk in place, which sways your head side to side slightly, or you jog in place, which moves your head up and down. And they use those small variations in head position to add forward momentum. And that I found felt great because like basically the faster you jog in place, the faster you move through the world. And it keeps your hands free to, you know, hold a weapon and point or do whatever. And so it's like the best of both worlds, right? You're not taking up a joystick or a hand in order to do an arm swing, but you're getting that sort of natural walking feel. Just curious, that sounds really interesting, but how much, uh, how much does your head need to tilt either way when you're, or bob up and down, like when you're doing that type of locomotion method? Like, can I just cheese it by standing with my legs locked and just kind of like I'm listening to a song, bob my head left and right or something to walk? For the walking, yeah, it's a little unnatural. Because like also like when I walk, I don't sway side to side. So you sort yeah. of have to like learn a certain motion. But for the the up and down, the head bobbing, doing a little like jog in place, not even like lifting your foot all the way off the ground, just lifting the back half of your foot up. Mm -hmm. I found that to be, it, you can't really cheese it because that's the easiest way to get your head to move up and down. And it felt great. That sounds pretty cool. I got, I'll, I'll have to try these out sometime. 
Because I know you've run into issues where having arm swing means that an arm is occupied and you can't necessarily do another thing while you're moving. Uh, Yeah, that was something I ran into with uh, the Walking Dead Onslaught. I preferred the arm swing option, but as I was playing content, as we were developing it, uh, I noticed like, oh, this is kind of affecting my gameplay. It sort of almost feels kind of like a Resident Evil game because I can walk because my hands are free. And as soon as, you know, I need to engage with a walker, now I don't have both hands to move me through the world. And it became more of a like walk, stop, like take down enemies, continue walking type of game as opposed to how it plays with like teleport or thumbstick smooth locomotion, which is just like run and gun, like get all over the place pretty quickly. Now, did you consciously design levels around the notion that people might be playing stop and gun or run and gun depending on their locomotion method? Uh, I kept it in... I kept it in the back of my mind, but I wouldn't say that it was the it was one of the main things I was thinking about when designing the levels because I was also trying to make sure it would be a fun experience for those less energy costing input methods like uh, the thumbstick teleport. Either way, uh, I personally like play tested all the content I worked on and did it with the arm swing method since it was the most kinetically expensive method of play and was able to ensure that at least like at some physical level like you're able to get through it nothing is moving too fast after you most of the time you are able to get around an area with a fair amount of swinging your arms almost like you're frantically like almost like the show has the characters frantically moving and like searching things that's kind of the experience you get if you choose arm swing uh when playing that game so i think we did a good job on on that front so that's almost an approach of designing for the lowest common denominator yeah we we had the we had to appeal to everyone and that's something that developers in in general have to do and i think we brought up earlier in the episode is having multiple input methods having multiple locomotion methods having a wide variety of comfort options like all of these things fall under the accessibility umbrella and it also presents a whole rainstorm of problems for developers to design around so let's talk a bit about how having both teleport and smooth locomotion limits our design and tech when we're playing let's say like combat games like until you fall how is it that people who are playing with teleport don't just like dominate everything like if they're melee enemies they can just like blink around everywhere what's what how do ranged attacks work like what's stopping them and actually hitting them either you prevent people from teleporting or you let them teleport out of danger i mean obviously you could do something where like if an enemy is about to attack and then you teleport away, then you still that attack still lands despite you not being near the enemy. So it's like having like some sort of lock-in time where if you don't block it and you just teleport away, then the attack still hurts you. And like ranged attacks, you have to make sure that they can track the player and that they're not just uh, on a predetermined trajectory because otherwise it's very easy to dodge those ranged attacks. I mean, at the end of the day, I think the strongest solution is to just lock people from teleporting when they're in combat. I recall with Until You Fall, like the, 
I think the spellcaster enemies, their attacks were kind of like homing style, but we can't do that for like every single game. What what was the other one? I think Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, regardless of the locomotion method, uh, said like if you got close to a zombie, it quote unquote grabbed your arm. So you would need to like swing an arm to free yourself and then you could locomote again. I think those are interesting like solutions to that problem. We've also seen the solution of when you teleport, you don't actually blink immediately to the new location. And instead, you sort of detach from your character and your character runs to the new spot. And then you go back and inhabit your body, which is like weird and a little bit disorienting, but solves the issue because it doesn't mean you're just disappearing and reappearing. I know we saw that in L.A. Noir, and there's a similar thing in VR chat, although that doesn't have combat. But so that's something that maybe we could see developers play with more as a solution to teleportation in combat, potentially even switching to that when you're in combat, but using regular blink teleportation outside of combat. Yeah, that would be a really interesting take on that. Almost getting this like bird's eye view of the battlefield and maneuvering yourself to a certain spot before going back in and like slicing down a general or something. Yeah, that could be cool. Speaking about moving around, moving platforms. We're both fans of platformers in VR. I love a lot of Mario games, and they tend to have many moving platforms, both horizontal and vertical. How do we handle that in VR? Like, how does missing the bus happen? You know, like when you're trying to get to the platform and it just starts to like move away from the main area. How much wiggle room is there when we're like smooth locomoting or teleporting trying to get across that gap? Oh my god, you're bringing you're giving me flashbacks. Having worked on a uh, 2D puzzle platformer game, there's like a lot of stuff that goes into the like edge behavior that you don't even notice when you're playing a game like that of like you can actually run off of a platform a little bit before jumping um, and like dealing with like, what if you land right on the corner of a, of a moving platform? Like, do you, how do you mantle up or do you just like bounce off and that feels super bad? And like in VR, that's like a whole extra thing because you've got the teleport where like, how far do you let someone teleport across a gap? You know, do, do you do it uh, how far they would be able to jump if they were doing smooth locomotion and they hit jump right at the right time how far would that arc be and you let that be the maximum teleport distance across a gap and like that also runs smack into the issue of like you have to be able to communicate to the player that they can't jump across a gap via teleport and like it can feel very arbitrary i know i've i've run into this a bunch in games where it's like oh why can't i teleport over there I could probably jump in in real life. I think having platforming introduces more problems than it solves a lot of the time, especially since if you're talking about moving platforms, uh, then when the character, the player character is on the platform, you kind of have to have artificial camera movement as you track the platform, Mm -hmm. which violates the whole comfort accessibility conceit in the first place for having teleport. Yeah. Ooh, I do want to, um, so talking about moving platforms, this is sort of related, but not really. I've, I've been playing with this idea a little bit in my head, but like, I feel like there's a lot of design space to be explored in terms of detaching the player from their body when they're in a artificial camera motion scenario. 
if they have that option turned off. For example, the most basic example would be jumping onto a moving platform and suddenly you're in a third person perspective, almost like Moss, right? Where you see your character maybe scaled down, um, but you can still control them. And as long as they're being moved through the world, you're in that third person perspective. But you can expand this to be like having enemies pick you up, right? You have like a giant uh, boss monster enemy and he grabs you. And if you have artificial camera movement turned on as an option, then you stay first person. But if you have that turned off, then you go third person and you see your character flailing in the guy's hands, and but you can still control your character. Does that sound totally whack? No, I think it sounds pretty cool, actually. I could see it being like, like you said, Moss, like um, in terms of like how to justify it in a world logic sense something to the effect of like being a character who possesses another character and like i don't know that somehow gives you like your agility abilities but like you you get like zoomed out whenever you got to use them hmm. and it's almost like you're puppeteering the guy and come to think of it holoception does that right i haven't played it mm -hmm. but that's what it looks like is you can switch between first person and third person puppeteering yeah yeah i I still uh, need to check that game out. Only ever seen, I think, GIFs of it. Very gifable game. So GIF. So looping back briefly to uh, talking about how it behaves with NPCs when you're talking about having both smooth locomotion and teleport locomotion. But so outside of combat, I see two main issues. The first is when you're talking about teleport locomotion a lot of the time you can kind of move faster with teleport locomotion than you can with smooth because you're blinking some distance and that's immediate. And so then you just do it again immediately. And now you've traveled quite a distance in like no time at all. And if you try to limit that by requiring the teleport to recharge, then the player teleports and then they're just standing around waiting for the teleport to recharge. And that, that feels bad. But so you end up with the player being able to teleport a lot faster than they can move if they're just moving smoothly. And so this has two big uh, implications. The first is for perception. So if you have some enemy AI that is supposed to see the player and then attack them. With teleport, you can just skip past the enemy and they don't have any time to see you. Or, or you just skip past uh, whatever gap. And now you're like, go from in cover to in cover, and they don't see you. So that's something you have to design around. And the other is chase sequences, where if you're running away from a big bad, with teleport, you just blink, 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 away. But with smooth, you have to, you, you actually have the potential to have the big bad behind you all the time. Yeah, and this uh, something this ends up deflating uh, in regards to the fast teleporting and teleporting large distances are like chase sequences. So I played Lies Beneath, and it has this chase sequence where you're like darting through uh, some sort of kind of like wooden pallet maze as like this axe swinging monster is chasing you. So as uh, as I'm smooth locomoting through all of it, I'm moving like fairly fast, and I'm just like. Oh, I don't know. Other than saying rolling around at the speed of sound, like that's that's all I can think to describe it. I was just like blazing <laughs> through that chase sequence pretty quickly. Um, I could imagine, due to the level design of that, if I were playing with teleport, it would be such a pain in the butt of a of a chase sequence because of the zigging and zagging. 
Whereas in a game maybe more like Westworld Awakening or something with like more science labby stuff, you'll have like long hallways that might have people chasing you in them. And that's where like the teleport really comes in handy because like you said earlier, you're making those leaps and bounds. Yeah, so it seems like the way to fix that sort of categorically is to instead of relying on long periods, uh, stretches where you are just... You're, you're being pursued by an enemy. What you do instead is you use, like, gating uh, and, and sort of, like... Well, a good example would be uh, Jeff and Alex, actually, where, like, it's sort of a slow chase. You know, those, like, moments where, oh, I have to, like, slowly open this noisy gate. And I'm like, oh, shit, he's coming. And then I have to, like, scamper away and hide. And then, like, come back out and do some more stuff and then scamper away and hide. That ends up being much more effective to get that, like, chase feel as for, for the player than to do a straight up, like, oh, I got to run down this hallway and he's right behind me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Something else I encountered in Lies Beneath was a jump scare. Um, so why not bring it up here? <laughs> jump scare moments are, like, kind of these like set piece moments that need to trigger at a certain time. Um, we have to account for people who can just easily like, like smooth loco into trigger boxes that make these events happen. But now also we need to account for these teleporters who could potentially like blink forward, like either past the trigger or halfway into the trigger. Maybe they blink right up to the edge of the trigger and just accounting for that and more importantly making sure that your set piece is visible from wherever they like come into that trigger box so there's like many layers of like if you want your set piece to have a good viewing angle to the player and like not be missable at all like you need to do a fair amount of funneling and framing as best as you can because again their their own head is the camera so if they decide oh, I don't really care about this formation of boxes. You can't do anything, even though you spent hours making those boxes in a certain like order so that it would draw their eye and get them to look at the correct thing. Right. I mean, sort of the, I guess the prototypical example would be like going through a door and something happens on the other side where like if the door's not there and you just want them to like walk through the doorway and then they get scared. Okay. But if they're using teleport, they can just teleport way past the doorway and skip that framing altogether and like even from a technical standpoint like you have to make sure that the box whatever trigger box you've placed is tripped despite the fact that the player's never actually inside of it at all and so like the way to fix that i guess is have a door and when you open the door then the thing happens because that way the teleport player can't skip past it but then like all of your jump scares are tied to like very obvious gating between two areas. Yeah, what my thoughts on how to solve the sort of teleport and framing issue is to, and this might give it a, hmm, it would be interesting. It definitely would take some iteration, but I would, I would almost say like have them if they teleport into the trigger box, almost handle it like a zone teleport. So, like, it just orients their play space and themselves to the right spot, and mm. that might artificially move them to the side a little bit, but this would happen during their uh, blackout moment. So it wouldn't be, like, too, too jarring, but at the same time, it may not be exactly where they pointed the jump to. 
How do you feel about doing that for smooth locomotion as well? Where like I smoothly walk into an area and then you blink out the player's vision for a second and slightly reposition them for the best possible like action moment. Do you feel like that violates intent? Uh, yes and no. It violates an intent in that you wanted to give the player agency to move about where they want, but it doesn't violate intent in the macro sense because you're putting on a play and mm. the player is the star. So you need your star actor to stand on their mark for a special moment. And in the, in the abstract like scheme of things, like I know I'm playing a game. So when the game, I'm okay with the game putting me in a specific spot to say, Hey, something cool's about to happen. So I'm just going to put you right here. Um, that being said, I know that like rubs other people the wrong way and they would much rather have it be say like a half-life cutscene where you can you just walk in and walk wherever you want and the cutscene just plays out and you could do whatever. But me personally, I kind of like the bigger spectacle of things and having a good angle. Uh, something I struggled with a lot in Lone Echo was finding a good viewing angle for a lot of their cutscenes. Um because it would often have characters that were like far away enough from each other or at such an orientation that like I would have to go halfway across the room in order to have them both in my view or I was like twisting my neck like left and right dramatically to keep track of everyone talking. Right. My like gut reaction to a lot of these issues is like if you're running into them, you're going about it wrong. Like, an example, looping back to combat, ultimately, how do you overcome the combat issue? Are you just constrained to designing a relatively small number of, like, ways that combat works? Mm. Do ranged attacks just always have to be homing? Because there's no other way to make them dangerous? Right, right. Not necessarily, I would say. Like... My Okay, so my gut feeling would be, sure, go ahead and find unique ways to root them or limit their mobility in order to have them deal with the situation at hand. So if I had a game with free teleport and shooting, I would do something akin to Space Pirate Trainer where when a blaster bolt gets within your personal space time slows down i believe and it gives you a moment to inspect your immediate area and see oh my god there's a big blaster bolt coming right at my head and get out of the way so i would i would say combine the idea of slowing down time time dilation when teleporting so you lock you basically change the state of the game by doing time dilation and that in itself will be able to hand wave excuse the fact that the player can't teleport out of the way of this. Like they know something different is happening. And I think that helps them to accept when something is more limited because it's a different state, uh, a, a different moment in the game. We've been talking a whole bunch about locomotion. One would say we are going loco for locomotion. <laughs> and with that, I'm bringing us to our parting thoughts for today's episode. At the end of the day, players will just use the one locomotion method that they prefer. 
and people strongly prefer that that locomotion method is in the game and is well designed for. And if it's not in there or it's not well designed for, they're going to be angry that they spent their money on your game. And so as developers, we have to think about both options. We have to think about all the players. We can't just design for our favorite locomotion method. We have to make sure that the game is fun and, and works with both smooth locomotion and free teleport if we're making a game that works well or could work well with both. We want to support both. But this introduces huge issues in a variety of categories, uh, whether it's combat or triggering cinematics or jump scares or framing or dealing with platforming and, and gaps and communicating that to the player um, or just capturing you know, player intent accurately, allowing them to move where they want. These are all huge issues and supporting both methods, especially just adds a lot of complexity, but it's something we have to do. So next time you're playing a VR game and you select teleport or you select smooth locomotion without thinking twice, hopefully you'll, you'll think twice and you'll realize, huh, I wonder, you know, this game works with both. They probably put a lot of time into that and maybe you'll have a new perspective on the mechanics that you encounter in that game. And if you do have a new perspective on those mechanics or general thoughts about the show, jump on over to our Reddit and share your thoughts at reddit.com slash r slash headmountedpodcast. Maybe send us a tweet. Tell us you like the show or something on Twitter at Mounted Head. Or just go to our website, hear more episodes of the show, headmountedpodcast.com. We want to hear from you, listener. We want to hear your thoughts. We've been, we've been just... We've just been like mama bird feeding you our thoughts from from upon high, and we want we want you to regurgi- regurgitate your own thoughts back at us. If you liked this episode and want to hear more, please visit headmountedpodcast.com and sign up for our email list to get notified about new episodes. You can listen to the show on YouTube or anywhere else where you find podcasts. If you'd like to discuss this episode or suggest future topics, visit our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash headmountedpodcast. And if you really like the show and you want to help us out, you can follow our Twitter at Mounted Head and our Facebook page at Head Mounted Podcast. And most importantly, you can tell your friends about Head Mounted Destinations. Thank you so much for listening. We hope to see you at the next Head Mounted Destination.